Hey, this is Mohal Joshi from Los Angeles, California. I follow Indian foreign policy and defense with a special focus on Asia. You can follow me on Twitter at Mohal Joshi. Hey, this is Kishore Narayan from Bengaluru in India. I am an international relations expert specializing in global security, conflict resolution, and international negotiation. My focus areas include peace building and digital diplomacy. You can find me on Twitter at Veggie Diplomat. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of India Rising Strategic Affairs Conversations with Mohal and Kishore. For a change today, we both are in front of the camera and we are going to uh, use that as an opportunity to explain a lot more things than we generally do in our podcast. Thank you for joining us today, as always. And today we're going to talk about the latest skirmish that we have had at the line of actual control uh, between uh, India and China in the state of Arunachal Pradesh near Tawang. Now, as we all know, uh, there was there were unconfirmed reports uh, claiming that the PLA soldiers had uh, transgressed across the LAC, uh, had tried to do that, and the Indian soldiers had uh, had um, had to resort to uh, fist fights and uh, other other means of uh, uh, physical. Uh, 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 dimension where they had to confrontation where they had to push them back and thus uh, especially when the Chinese had actually thought that uh, they were able to outnumber the Indian soldiers but then we all got to know that uh, the Indians were successful in pushing them back to their their side of the LSE. So that was uh, the uh, the unconfirmed reports that we had got and then when uh, when news started trickling in, when further in- information started trickling in, we got to know that uh, this had actually happened uh, on the 9th of December. Uh, the buildup uh, had started then. However, we all know that, uh, we all now know that this buildup had actually started a little earlier, uh, around the last week of November. And since that had happened, uh, the uh, the Indian army had kind of uh, started preparing, knowing very well that the Chinese were up to something. And as part of that, the Indians were able to uh, bring in uh, reinforcements uh, without uh, the Chinese getting to know of that. And eventually on the day of 9th of December, when the Chinese soldiers uh, using the fog as cover started uh, uh, moving closer and closer to the LAC. That was when uh, they thought that they would have six to one superiority, wherein they were 300 in number, and they thought that they would be, uh, they would easily be able to outnumber and outmaneuver the 50-odd Indian troops. But uh, unbeknownst to them, the Indians had already uh, gotten their reinforcements, and with with the help of that, uh, they were able to confront the battalion-sized force of the PLA who wanted to uh, surround uh, the region called uh, Thangla. Now, the uh, the Indian Army troops at Thangla, they uh, managed to uh, uh, form some kind of a, some kind of a human chain. And uh, this, with this kind of a method, they were able to deter the large PLA. Now, what ensued was a lot of pushing, pulling, 
uh, with soldiers from both sides kind of uh, uh, pushing each other, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse uh, ensued, and eventually uh, the the Chinese had to bring in some kind of reinforcement, wherein uh, uh, the the soldiers who came in from the rear, they came in with tasers, monkey gloves, spiked clubs. I mean, we we know that we know this as their uh, operating procedure when we got to know about the Galwan uh, incident as well, wherein they had come in with similar similar kind of weapons. So this was no surprise for the Indian Army, and they were they were equally adept and equally uh, prepared for uh, for this kind of an eventuality. But then uh, with all uh, amidst all this confusion, the Indian soldiers were actually uh, able to push the Chinese soldiers back onto their side of LAC. Uh, what what ensued thereafter was a quick uh, sorry, what ensued thereafter was a quick uh, de-escalation by the uh, commanding officers at the local level. And uh, with that, I think uh, whatever whatever uh, skirmish had uh, happened was now at least for the time being uh, peacefully settled. And uh, that that was the end of the uh, the skirmish as such. But then, uh, when this happened, everybody were kind of uh, unsure about where did it actually happen, how did it happen, uh, how close how close was it to the LAC? Was it on our side of the LAC or on the other side? Uh, what do the Chinese think? And what were the uh, the Chinese media claiming about? So we had a lot of questions. So uh, Mohal, if you can kind of unearth all these, probably by uh, kind of explaining to us the topography, the the physical location. I think we can take that conversation further from there, Mohal. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to like share the Google Earth view of uh, where the standoff occurred. Mm -hmm. So I hope you can see the screen. So this is basically the the Indian map with the, I mean, this is like where you call is where is uh, Arunachal Pradesh. So if you see, as I zoom in, uh, this is the western part of Arunachal Pradesh that abuts Sikkim to the west and has uh, Tibet to the north. So uh, this was in the Tawang sector. I mean, Tawang is uh, one of the right. most prominent uh, cities in Arunachal Pradesh. It's the, uh, it has, a, I think, the second largest uh, Buddhist monastery in the world, only uh, smaller than Lhasa. And this is also where I think the sixth Dalai Lama or the eighth Dalai Lama, eighth. I forget, like, was from. Eighth Dalai Lama Rinpoche. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, this, uh, this pass, like, I mean, if you can see my, you can see my mouse, right? I can, yeah. Yeah, so this was the path through which uh, when the current Dalai Lama, he fled Tibet, mm -hmm. uh, this was the route he took and he came to Tawang. So uh, this is like the, uh, and this is also the famous for the 1962 war where uh, like the Indian soldiers were, for lack of better term, massacred uh, near the Thagla Reach, uh, just north of uh, the the Bumla Pass, I mean, west to the Bumla Pass, but like, anyways, so getting to where the current uh, incident has occurred, so it has occurred uh, near the Thangla Post. 
So if you see the Thangla post, it is a post out here at uh, around, I would say, sorry, this is the, uh, this is a post you can see on Google Earth. It's, I would say the elevation is around 15,000 feet. Now the red line is like, I mean, it's a, bear with me, it's like an approximation of where Google Earth thinks is the LSE. The Indian interpretation or the Chinese interpretations could very well vary. So this is a Thangla post. This is an Indian army post. Now the incident, nobody has provided definitive Google Earth coordinates. It's all rumored to be somewhere near the Thangla post or in the vicinity of this post where uh, at an altitude of 17,000 feet, that's what the news reports keep on saying, 17,000 feet. Right, yeah. So uh, interestingly, there is a Chinese post or model village, which is just to the north of the uh, Thangla post. I would say like probably it might be, I mean, not more than a few kilometers. So this is the Chinese post in the valley, which is opposite our Thangla post. So Indians are at a higher, uh, greater altitude, which is always of higher, great significance in this uh, mountain terrain. Yeah, so, they have the height uh, advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is the uh, topography. Now, if you look to the west, I mean, this is the 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 108 Holy uh, Waterfalls. I, I forget what was the name, Kishore. The, um, yeah, uh, Chumigyatse. Yeah, Chumigyatse, holy waterfall. Now, this has been in an area that India has uh, uh, occupied uh, since I think the 1980s and Sundarangchu. Uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and this has like China also to no end. I mean, this is supposed to be like of a high reverence to the Buddhists, and Chinese always had an eye for this area. But, anyways. Coming back to the point, this area is, is an elevation which is like probably 13, 14,000 feet. And one last point on this waterfalls. I think last year, the Arunachal Pradesh chief minister uh, had, you know, had a, inaugurated a, a gompa in this area, which also didn't sit well with the Chinese. Right. So uh, this is basically the plateau, which is to the west of this area, which uh, is like, I mean, it's under Chinese control, assuming this is the LAC and the Indians would be on the higher elevation here. But anyways, back to the point. So this uh, Thangla post is at like 15,000 feet and then the turret topography going to the west of it is like at a lower elevation. So the assumption is if you go towards the east, like a possible point of intrusion would be here, which is at around uh, 17, just under 16,944 feet. Now, again, this is my assumption. There is no definitive point. I mean, there are also, as you see the red line along the post, there are several other points, but they are extending all the way to 18 and a half thousand feet high and it goes higher and higher. So there could have been a possible intrusion this year, but if I had to take a guess, this would be the most possible because there's a saddle. So in these mountains, like usually like nobody wants to stay on the top because they are like windswept regions yep. and yep. they're very hard to sustain. So a saddle is basically a dip between two peaks where uh, you, you can uh, enter or exit and have some kind of uh, shelter. Protection. I wouldn't say like shelter, but, uh, but, but from the elements. So this is the intrusion point. What we suspect is that here is where the, uh, maybe there were like folks who were deployed from the Thangla post up, up here. And maybe there was some uh, fisticuffs and pushing and shoving. And the uh, Chinese could have been reinforced from this uh, Chinese post or model village just to the north of here. 
so let me like now look at it from a different angle so if i rotate this map like why, why this point what is the significance of this point so if you look at this area if you get entrenched into this area the chinese if they could get entrenched into this area what you could do is uh, just bear with me if you see from this point looking at google earth uh, sorry uh, yeah so see i got it so if you see up here yeah uh, oops sorry so from this point uh if you could see this roads this is the visible point uh this is the road which leads from uh, tawang south to the sela pass now the sela pass is like i mean today it is not an all weather road i mean india is trying as part of the border infrastructure upgrade they are trying to uh, upgrade to an all weather channel which uh, sorry tunnel which is going to be uh, open like soon but anyways it, this is if this was a possible intrusion point they could have an eye on the road leading up to tawang so they could monitor the indian activities uh going down and also uh like uh, keep an eye out on if any if there is any military movement the other significance of this location is that it also has this if you see these indian roads leading up to the post up uh, in um, thangla post so they could also have an eye out on this roads leading up to so they could see movement up to the thangla post they could see sela tunnel and in the i mean i'm thinking of the worst case scenario which shouldn't happen all the time but i mean if they could also enter here they could come down the slope and try to cut out the thangla post from the rear so if they mm. commanded these heights obviously we would be facing them off until they vacated but in like the worst case scenario in theory you could like create trouble for the thangla post or you could uh, cut off like you know uh, that part of the uh, area and like i mean if you look at it there's no other point like our saddle in the boundary if you go to the east so this could like this would be the one of the most uh, favorable positions also like i mean to a certain extent you can see the mago valley so this is the valley in the mago valley so you could also have observation uh into this valley so you could have a like a vantage point where you could have a good observation i mean technically you could even someone said like you could put in a radar or have a permanent outpost but i mean basically you are commanding the heights in this area totally agree so, so in a way in a way this looks like the chinese had a really uh, well thought uh, plan for them to actually try to capture this uh, height and that way not only not only have an upper hand as compared to the thangla post but more importantly uh, like you said uh, try to have a, a view on the road leading up to tawang yeah and and also yeah. try to understand the the movements of the indian army leading up to and from uh, the yeah course. yeah yeah so this is the tawang road so this is the area where they could have and i, I mean i didn't mark it on the map but like somewhere here should be the sela tunnel uh, so this is like the basically the connectivity to tawang hmm. so they could have an i mean they're not going to come down all the way i mean obviously we're going to object uh, we're going to like block them before that but technically they could have a view directly into the 
happening at this point but then uh, the other point that came out with that kind of a video evidence was that this was not a one off incident this was not something that happened only this time around but uh, we got to know that th- this area being heavily contested by both and also acknowledged by both of them as uh, some kind of a uh, uh, territory that needs clear demarcation uh, there were enough patrols that you that would happen uh, by bo- uh, by both the armies which would lead to quite a bit of uh, uh, unruly behavior uh, wherein both the uh, both the uh, patrolling parties would end up fighting with each other so uh, the, yeah, the yeah, but re- see, recent earlier... example happening uh, the recent mm-hmm. example being in october of last year yeah mohan yeah i think uh... but see like the difference about this event was that they came well prepared with a lot of this uh, i mean as if the reports are to be believed like with these weapons and usually in the earlier what used to happen is they used to patrol to their up claim line and when indian used indians used to object they used to go back this time like they came prepared for a fight and they wanted to dislodge india from that position so there has been a change in the behavior i mean uh, if i was looking at this listening uh, to this interview on uh, i believe like strat news global by uh, lieutenant general sanjay kulkarni uh, who was a brigadier in this uh, tawang area like any say like even in the 1999 kargil war they were used there were patrols in uh, coming up to their claim line in this area and even in 2006 and 7 but like most of the times they went back peacefully and there wasn't this uh, fisticuffs or stone throwing right. or uh, right uh, like you know ham hand to hand fighting which has occurred so this is like kind of concerning and i mean this is like something even in our earlier podcast like we had said like with more patrolling and uh, more aggressive chinese behavior there are bound to be more of these uh, uh, skirmishes uh, all across the lac i mean it's, it's just like it's first time in the arunachal sector the fisticuffs have happened mm-hmm. i mean we did have them in uh, sikkim with the um, around the the dokulam area mm. uh no no the sorry not the doklam the north north sikkim there were there was some pushing and shouting like i think in 2020 late 2020 mhm and uh, anyway uh, similar things happened in galwan as well yeah yeah true okay so yeah uh, uh, the point that we that we established now of 
the Chinese wanting to alter the uh, the LSE by uh, by physically claiming that area. I mean, our uh, own Raksha Mantri uh, Rajnath Singh himself uh, addressed the parliament and gave a statement. Now, in that, he very clearly mentioned, and I quote an English translation of what he mentioned, the PLA troops tried to transgress the LSE in the Yangtze area of Tawang sector and unilaterally change the status quo, which was quite obvious of what their intentions were. Their intentions were much more than uh, mere patrolling, uh, exactly what you were mentioning, Mohan. Now, uh, as part of that uh, statement, uh, Rajnath Singh also uh, clarified and uh, uh, informed that our troops contested the Chinese attempt in a firm and resolute manner, and uh, the ensuing phase of led to a physical scuffle, and our Indian Army bravely prevented the PLA from transgressing and all that. Now, uh, luckily, he also said that due to timely intervention of Indian military commanders, PLA soldiers went back to their locations. As a follow-up of the incident, the local commander in the area held a flag meeting with his counterpart on 11th December, two days later, to discuss the issue in accordance with established mechanisms. The Chinese side was asked to refrain from such actions and maintain peace and tranquility along the border." Unquote. So, uh, quite clearly, uh, the way uh, Raksha Mantri has explained on, on the floor of the house, it looks like this particular skirmish has ended for the time being, but uh, any, any uh, intelligence analyst would, uh, would bet his last rupee or last dollar to uh, to say that this would not be the last that the Chinese would want to alter the uh, the LAC physically uh, on the site there. So I think everybody understands that whatever uh, would happen, uh, there, are, there are chances that this can repeat anytime soon. Now, generally, people uh, thought that such things would happen during the summer when the weather is far more hospitable. This was this is kind of uh, uh, unusual or rare to see uh, such a thing happening uh, during the onset of uh, winter. And uh, once once this happens, it is almost a situation where all bits are off. Now everybody would be forced to continue with their patrolling even during the harshest of winter, and even even when. Uh, uh, winter turns into spring and uh, snow starts melting. I mean, there there are e there are even bigger chances of the troops, the PLA troops, actually increasing their own uh, patrolling and trying to alter the uh, LAC uh, based on what their assumptions or what their understanding is. So I think I think this is the opening of the Pandora's box. I mean, uh, whatever happens from now on would be at a totally different dimension from uh, compared to what was happening until now and uh, similar to uh, similar to the situation that we see at the Siachen glacier where even during winter or even during the harshest uh, inclement weather uh, Indians maintain the Siachen uh, region and also continue with their patrolling I think the Indians will have to continue with that uh, even along the LAC I think this is uh, I mean, we have we have spoken about it a number of times during our multiple uh, podcast episodes. 
whenever we have spoken yeah. about uh, uh, the India-China skirmishes along the LSE. But uh, I mean, we cannot we cannot emphasize enough on uh, what needs to be done at the LSE. And uh, uh, happy that uh, uh, Indian Army up to the up to the situation, they are handling it quite well. Mohan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, unlike like past events, like India has not been caught unaware. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, as right. you said that the we called up the I mean the QRT or the quick response team came and uh, they were able to block a much larger. The fifty folks, fifty soldiers were able to block a supposedly size of three hundred soldiers 300. Uh, with reinforcement corps. So this was one of the good situations where uh, I mean where we fortunate situation that we were able to block it uh, and like uh, nip it in the bud before like more damage because if let's say the post was lost then it would have created a lot of heartburn in india and also soul searching as to what uh, i think like indian army is vigilant at the border mm. uh, but like there i mean we have like about 3500 almost 3500 kilometer lse so it is like very easily for China to transgress in an area where possibly India is not patrolling or not has. I mean, there are a lot of methods of surveillance. I mean, many of them classified like to see for the uh, Indians to keep an eye out, especially on the disputed sections of the border. But I mean, it's, it's physically impossible to man every inch of the border. But uh, I mean, and then as patrolling steps up in um, uh, all across the LSE, I mean, and then the worrying part is also it's happening in the winter. You hmm. there'll be have to be. I mean, the more patrolling, the more chances of face off, right? Because you could have two people in the same position at the same time, and then you could have the face off. Like if someone patrols and goes back, then technically, I mean, when the other the other army came, like there was nobody to object to, and so hmm. there was not an issue. But I mean, yeah, this does create. I think in the Ladakh area, at least, like we have these buffer zones created in, like you name PP point, PP fifteen, PP sixteen, PP seventeen. PP fifteen is basically Galwan. Sixteen and seventeen are in the Kungran Valley near Hot Springs, and uh, also in the Pangongso area. So there is less chance of issue because a, a so-called buffer zone where nobody has agreed to patrol. Now the question is, for how long nobody's agreed to patrol is an open-ended question. Uh, so, I mean, minus Debsang, where uh, the issue is still ongoing of where Chinese uh, refuse to like uh, go back. Uh, so there's less chance of an issue occurring in like the Ladakh area, but now it opens up the central, it is in Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh central sector or the eastern sector, which is like basically Sikkim and uh, Arunachal Pradesh. I mean, Sikkim technically, it's an international boundary because China had accepted it as part of mm. the deal in the early 2000s where we accepted Tibet was a part of China and yeah. uh, Sikkim was a part of India. So technically, but I mean, you never know like what the events in October 2020 showed that in Northern Sikkim, there was standoff or skirmishes. Mm. So mm. I think Arunachal is obviously many had pointed out is a place to look out for. Mm. Uh, I mean, and I think we also can reiterate this. I mean, as we had said in episode 27 after Galwan that I think this was like the, I forget like what was that incident uh, in 1959, which just put it on a, put us on an un, uh, unavoidable part to a larger military skirmish in the future. So, I mean, there were like, luckily no shots have been fired. I mean, technically the Chinese when retreating, they fired some shots in the air to, as a warning shots. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, luckily the use of, uh, guns has not been used. I mean, in mm -hmm. Kailash, we did 
uh, fire some shots when the Chinese tried to run over our positions. Uh, so they were like basically warning shots, which even like uh, ex chief of army staff. Uh, 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 I can't. Sorry, I can't recall his name now, Rane. Uh, like he confirmed in a recent interview with uh, ANI, but. Um, uh, I mean, this is a worrying sign that there are more and more skirmishes. I mean, mm. the good part is that the border infrastructure development has been pushed uh, more and more because the problem is like the Chinese, if today they could come in 300, like they have better access and better roads. So tomorrow, let's say if you, say, if you bring in a thousand, can the India, if you, even if you have a quick response team, can you still block them or not? So I think it's just going to have an, I mean, we had in the Cold War, we used to have something called the arms race where you used to build more missiles, more more nuclear bombs and more fighter jets by the other side. I think in on the LSE, what we have is basically uh, an arms race of infrastructure development. I mean, China's were ahead, India is catching up. So China is not going to sit idle. They're going to build everything on their Indeed. side of the LSE to try to catch up with our side while India is also trying to catch up. So it's an arms race of who can build more mm -hmm. infrastructure to push more troops. And also something else we had put in our, uh, I think episode 26 or something like before the Galwan clash that the LOCization of LACs uh, happen mm -hmm. now. Now if this thing happens, I mean, if they're fine, the Chinese are trying to find new intrusion points or to, to into like probably we have to man the border in like all the strategic or vulnerable locations. I mean, a lot of the LACs like high peaks, which probably nobody's going to cross, but like uh, like important saddles, important valleys, important uh, uh, passes, they all will have to be manned. Like, or at least some kind of electronic surveillance will have to be enforced. That if yeah. Chinese try to come in, I mean, also remember that many of these areas are not pretty inaccessible. Even in Arunachal Pradesh, it takes few days, some sometimes, to reach to this position. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. if there was a uh, if Chinese were going to use better roads and if they want to ingress within a matter of hours, India to have a response, it will take much longer. So that's why the infrastructure development is on a high pace where we want to make sure that in case something happens at a quick pace, India has a, the infrastructure to deploy its own troops uh, at a larger point. But coming back to the larger point, I mean, more troops will have to be put on the border uh, all across the LAC. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, very quickly before we wind up, uh, we are running short of time. Uh, okay. So at a strategic level, at a diplomatic level, I think this will only worsen the situation between India and China at the at the top echelons. Uh, Modi was already avoiding Xi Jinping uh, and not uh, wanting to have a good conversation with him even during the uh, SEO summit. Uh, and then uh, this time around at the G20, they hardly had any meaningful conversation. Now that India is going to be the uh, president of the next G20 summit, I really doubt if uh, India would India would really uh, extend a warm welcome to the Chinese president. I think I think that will be spoken about extensively in the next 10, 11 months. And also, I think I think India being the host will have to be large hearted to uh, invite Xi Jinping obviously but then uh, at the same time India will also uh, try to express their displeasure to China telling hey you know what this is our red line and we, we don't want you to cross our red line and therefore 
you are welcome you are uh, you are indeed uh, uh, welcome to come over to uh, our g20 summit but at the same time also also uh, keep in mind that uh, we will want we will have all g20 related uh, uh, events in any part of uh, uh, indian mainland but yeah i think we have it in i think uh, they have stated to us some events in arunachal and ladakh which china ladakh. won't take it lightly exactly. and yeah. i so, don't know i mean some people have been speculating that they could do more incursions just to show india in a bad light just ahead of the g20 precisely precisely so i think i think there will be that kind of a tit for tat uh, situation where uh, now that india has announced that some of the events can be held in ladakh and in arunachal china will also want to uh, show who is the boss at the lsc so i think we will continue to hear all these things uh, leading up to the g20 summit in delhi in uh, late uh, 2023 Mohal, you want to quickly uh, add any points there? No, I mean, uh, I mean, it will probably like be a busy summer. I mean, I don't know how bad things could get in the winter, but also in the summer. Uh, I mean, especially with the G20 and India putting events out there in Ladakh and Arunachal, right. just means that probably more incursions and China trying to. Uh, I mean, as you rightly said, like show who is the boss and create more trouble and. just put india in a uh, poor light so because i mean the chinese internal situation with covid yeah. and stuff is not getting any better so uh, who knows i mean they might try to create some mischief to divert their people's attention with some uh, nationalistic fervor you know probably yes. sure. yeah yeah that is also something that people are expecting to happen okay so uh, anything else to add mohal before we wind up No, I mean uh, we'll have to. I mean keep an eye out on these events with on the LSC with uh, Kina over the next few months, and mm. we can only hope for the best and uh, pray that it doesn't descend into any untold event like a uh, Nathula type of clashes in 1967. You know. Right. Right. Okay. So that brings us to the end of our episode today, uh, dear listeners. And now, uh, if if you want us to cover any particular topic do let us know you can suggest them to us but then uh, just remember that these topics should be directly related to indian foreign policy now uh, uh, this time around we had our cameras on we were in front of the camera we wanted to showcase uh, the visual we wanted to use visual aid as well to drive home the point but do let us know if uh this is a medium that you would want us to continue with and we would be eager to listen from you now until the next time this is mohal and kishore signing off mm-hmm.